Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian. This week, I'm joined here by Dwayne. Hey, guys. Nice to be here for another week. And we also have Coach Derrickson in the building. Hello, everybody. Happy holidays. Hope everybody's safe, continues to be safe, and wears a mask. Yeah. Um, today's going to be an interesting week because we have uh, a lot going on today. Uh, Coach Brian is um, currently doing his stuff. So is Dwayne. Uh, so we're we're all kind of in between different things. But we are recording the podcast, which is exciting. We are getting close. This is episode 24. So that means we are close to that midway point, which is six months when we get to episode 26, that's it. That's that's a midway point between 52 when we get to a year. So I'm really excited about that because it has not felt like six months, which also tells you that like we've been at home for six months kind of to have the time to be able to record a podcast every week. I'll say I started out on the back porch recording the podcast. That's right. Weather. Not and on the back porch now. I definitely am not on the back. I'd have my parka on if I was on the back. <laughs> it's obviously warm where you're at, Dwayne, because you don't got your hoodie on nice and tight. I got that space heater, Derek. So. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right. So um, the first thing we want to talk about is the what we're doing in January when we come back. So one of the things we're doing as a club is we're going to be creating our own in-house 5v5 league outside on Saturday mornings, right now, the scheduled start time is December or January 16th, which is when we would be allowed to have our first day of competition based on the guidelines from the governor of Delaware. Um, we're going to be playing it on Saturdays at Kent County on the turf field there. The cool thing is we're doing an or an in-house league, so we're going to be combining certain age groups, and we as the coaches are going to be picking the teams. So we're really excited about that. Um, Dwayne and I put together the rules, somewhat of a schedule breakdown already. So we're we're looking forward to it. We're gonna have everyone's gonna get assigned a team name. We are going to put a schedule together, standings. We're keeping track of of scores and everything else. We're gonna have playoffs. It's gonna be a really exciting uh, event. I think it's gonna be good. It's a in house competitive event. Like we kind of do stuff already with like scrimmages and stuff and play days at the beginning of the year. You get the kids play, but now team names, standings, playoffs. It kind of brings a different edge, right? Where you do a play day, it's like, oh, we just show up and play. Here's my yeah. friend from school. But now I think after, you know, the first couple of weeks when the kids realize there's standings and you're 0-3 and you've let in 27 goals, like it's time to strap up, start yeah. scoring goals and stop them from going in and compete. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think it also speaks to the number of players that we have across our club that we have the ability to produce that into a full like league. Um, you know, whether it's a six to eight week league, I think it's what we've, we put together. Um, it's really exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Maybe, you know, once all this clears up, this becomes a staple, right? Yeah. This becomes our new winter league. We'll yeah, see, right? absolutely. Yeah. I would love it. Um, so one of the things that we also want to mention is the fact that in uh, Derrickson and I were actually talking about this last night. So in the final eight teams of the high school boys soccer playoffs, so out of the eight teams, the four in Division One and the four in Division Two, Middletown was represented in four of those uh, four out of those eight teams. Um, we were represented in three semi in three semifinals, right? Yes. Well, so four. we had four. four. No, we had four. Four. Four out of the eight. Four out of the eight were Middletown teams. Four out of the eight were Middletown teams. Middletown, uh, Apo, St. George's, and MOT Charter. Yeah. Three out of the four teams. Sorry, three out of the uh, four teams from the Division One semifinals were from um, are, are from Middletown. Middletown. Yeah, we have St. George's, Apo, and Middletown. So Apple beating Apple beating St. George's and moving on to the final and they'll play against Sally's who beat Middletown. Come on, um, Anthony, you gotta park the bus, man. <laughs> you should have parked the bus. 
They had a goal called back, man. They had a goal called back, and Sally's apparently had a goal off sides that was allowed. So it was a competitive game. Yeah, a goal that was off sides that was allowed. Should have left the field. <laughs> Should have got on the bus. Not parked the bus. Should have got like, on the bus. On the bus. There you go. Um, and then MOT Charter losing uh, in double overtime. Right, Derrickson? To yes. North Charter? Yes. Yeah, so your charter, your charter scored in like the 96th minute on a nice, on a nice goal, man. Like the uh, the header that was in the MLS semis, uh, I think, yeah, it was uh, Sounder's second goal. Was yep. it was a picture perfect copy of the goal that w- won the game for M for Newark Charter? There you go. Which, which we will, we will, we will give a shout out to New York Charter because we do have Middletown representation at New York Charter. We have players from the Middletown community that go to New York Charter. So, uh, big hey, if you want to go there, we've got and then Ed, and hey. we have players from Indian River playing in the final players game. at Sally's, and we have players at Sally's as well. So we're we're represented across all the finals. So hey. Middletown. Hey, Middletown and Delaware Union are on the map. We're represented on this screen as the the patriarch of MOT Charters program, right? Were you the first coach? I was the second. Second coach, okay. Second coach. Second coach yeah, of MOT Charters. All right, well, first, first legitimate coach. Let's put that first out. winning coach of MOT Charters history. Uh, I was go. definitely the I was definitely the first winning coach. Um, yeah, that JV season was exciting. We scored almost 100 goals in 10 games or eight games, or something like that. And then you played, and then, and then you played Middletown. Yeah, then we played Middletown. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it's really exciting. So that'll be on Saturday. Uh, so at one o'clock, Sally's against Apo, and uh, at 4:30, Newark Charter against Indian River. Uh, all, all, going, all happening right by. Uh, Dwayne's neck of the woods. So yeah. also note, note in the note in the division two tournament that if I say this correctly, Archmere, I believe, was a one through four seed. So they had a bye in the first round, the play-in for nine through twelve. So the team that won that play-in game would have played Archmere. But during the week of practice, Archmere quarantined and opted out of the tournament. That was actually Newark Charter that was supposed to play against Archmere. Wow. Okay. Because Middletown so Charter. Because MOT Charter, MOT Charter beat Brandywine in the quarterfinals. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. Hey, it's twenty twenty, right? This yeah. is just a sign of the pandemic, right? right? Archmere has the capabilities to create a bubble. <laughs> and William Penn, William Penn got shafted apparently. William Penn, they weren't they weren't able to play half their season, right? And they had a really apparently they had a really stacked team this year. Yeah, so definitely an interesting year. Uh, but yeah, but once again, big congratulations to the Apokonimek High School uh, team as they play in the finals um, on Saturday against Sally's. So uh, I I would well, love to great. see. We will. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make some phone calls. I'm gonna have the marketing and analytics department reach out and see if we can get some uh, some special guests, maybe for for next week or the week after, to come in for maybe Sally's or our Apo uh, to talk about however the result happens. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're recording today. Game is tomorrow, so we don't know. We could potentially, with the magic of editing, what we could potentially do is record reactions to both teams winning. Uh, but then, but the episode gets released today. So then, you know, we could just say, "Oh my God, congratulations, Apo!" And then we can just say, "Oh my God, congratulations, Sally's." Uh, so, and then that way we're covered. So no matter when you listen to this, you're covered. You're good. So it's either congratulations, Coach Bear, or congratulations, Coach Mosier. What's your score prediction? Uh, I don't know. One nothing. Ninetieth minute, Chris Wondolowski. <laughs> so uh Apple is winning one nothing, is that what you're saying? Or Sally's is winning one nothing. Again, we're covered on both ends no matter when you listen to this podcast. I just want to know. I just need to I just need to know for, for our sports 
our sports folks that are going to put some money down on the game. I need a prediction, right? All right. So I'm going to say one, two, one Sally's two, one Sally's. I'm going to say, I'm going to say three, two Sally's, but maybe one overtime. Three, two Sally's in overtime. In overtime. Golden goal. Golden goal. That's right. Before we get to the point where you have to take a pl- take a player off every five minutes or whatever the playoff rules are in high school. Hey, I'll be watching. You know, there's probably no spectators, so I'll be watching from the good old bedroom window. I got a good view. There you go. Got the best view. Oh, where is it? Where's the final at? Is it Dover? Dover High School. Sorry. Nice. Sorry. Yeah. Best so. best school in the state. <laughs> U.S. Men's National Team. We didn't really talk about this last week because we wanted to save it until we figured out what the result of the game was. Um, I must say, I watched the entire game. Obviously, some things, some good things come out of it. I, I don't disagree that you know Chris Mueller was the standout uh, of the game. Obviously, the the fact that Mark McKenzie, Brendan Aronson play is awesome. That's that's a really big plus. You win the game, you get the shout out. Fantastic. But I, I think my list kind of drew it's somewhat short as far as like how important this game potentially was um, outside of getting some caps, which is good. Um, that's as far as it really goes for me. I mean, yeah, I think it, I mean, there's no argument. Like they found an opponent that was willing to play them on this date and this time. And it's almost like we set up a scrimmage, right? Like that's what it was meant to be. Um, I think it just was, you know, just a way to get those MLS guys that were in the playoffs a chance to put the uniform on for the year. I think that's what U.S. soccer is trying to do. They're trying to say, hey, we're only going to play four times this year. Let's get the uniform on as much as possible and let people know that we're here, we're building. You know, it's not just about the Tyler Adams, the Weston McKinney's, the Christian Pulis. It's not just about the European guys. We've got guys stateside and MLS that are also their age that can play and develop and perform. And like in the case of Chris Miller, where a lot, he might not have been on a lot of guys, you know, in a lot of guys' conversations, he comes out there and scores two goals, probably has a third if he doesn't pass that one ball up. And, you know, he supplants himself and says, Hey, I can start on this team and I'm an MLS. Well, I mean, I think, Part of the reason, and, and I was looking at the, the graphic when watching the broadcast. So in March, you have the Olympic qualifiers. In June, you have the, uh, Nations, League. the Nations League final. In July, you end up playing the Gold Cup. And in, in July slash August, you have to play the Olympics. Right. And then you start with the World Cup qualifiers as well. So there is definitely a lot that's happening. So the idea of having a roster to build three teams, I don't know that you need, you know, three, three full rosters of 18 different players, but the idea of having, you know, around 45 players that you could build rosters around that, I think is potentially uh, beneficial. I, I don't disagree. Do I think it, you know, could, could Chris Mueller as a 24 year old potentially make a gold cup roster or a nation's league roster, uh, or potentially be the player that's over the age of 23 23 to go to the Olympics. Right. You know, there are things that I think are important, you know, obviously for Brendan Aronson and Mark McKenzie, their goal right now is to get into that world or that Olympics qualifier roster. Um, for Ao Akinola, that's kind of the same thing. He's 20 years old. That's what you're looking for. You know, there's there's definitely um, things that you could you see. Yeah, and I think that's part of the like like you said, you want to bring in you know 45, 50 players, have them on your radar because again, with this COVID world, you got guys playing Champions League games every week where they weren't playing Champions League games. Every week before, you know, there was a two-week break. There's going to be a lot of matches, you know, with, like, you think about a Juventus, right? They're going to go far in the Champions League. They're going to go far in the, what is it, the Copa Italia. They're going to play a lot of matches. Weston McKinney is not going to be able to play every single match for the U.S. soccer team. 
You know, yeah. Christian Pulisic isn't – he's already battled injuries. He's not going to play every single game. Like, this summer may be a rest for those guys for World Cup qualifying. Like, this this summer may that we might focus on what does my U23 group look like of players that aren't at the top clubs in Europe. Yeah. And we well, said and then, Yeah. Go ahead, Derrickson. So doesn't it all come down to just getting these players the experience on that next that next platform? Um, I was talking to Chad last night about how we have eight players playing in top leagues around the world, across the ocean. Um, and getting them their, their their caps and getting their feet wet in our environment, right, with the national team and for some, their first cap, for others, just more experience at this level. Um, and Chad made a comment last night, like, these are the teams you need to play, you know, so you can get them the confidence. And even though it was a home game in, in Florida, uh, wonder what happens if we played that in El Salvador in that environment, right? And it's probably not a friendly environment. It's probably a little bit more hostile. And It's not a 6 nothing in. win. That's, that's for sure, right? What's that? It's probably not a six. It's probably not as easy of a six nothing win as it was. Right. Like you may win six nothing, but that hostility and just like I mean, Sebastian, we saw it when we played in the scrimmage last week. Like just the different field environment. Yeah. Throws good players off. You take the best team in the world and go play on a field in El Salvador that's not well kept, not cut, terrible. We saw it when they went to Trinidad, and you know it's a neutral. It's almost a neutral factor. Yeah, it'll be it'll just from my perspective, it'll be interesting to see how these players develop throughout these next few friendlies if he keeps the roster similar, just to get those players some game experience. I don't know who they're playing or not. You know, are, are they playing games against teams that should be wins? Are we going to hostile environments? Um, I mean, the, you know, the just, Olympic qualifiers should, in theory, be a relatively manageable schedule. Don't that aside. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it should. Was, it was manageable for the 2018 World Cup too. Well, yeah, right. but but you have a but you have a good group of them in the 20s. I think that's a that's a that's a that's a decent squad. I think the question is, are you able to get everybody? You know, it's not technically a mandated FIFA event, so the player the, the clubs don't have to release the players. So, do you get a Gio Reyna? <laughs> Maybe not. You know, do you get a Brendan Aronson? That those are the questions. That's going to be the tough part, right? Because if we're still struggling, if we're at this same point we are in life yeah. in September, where we start sort of can't travel like we could, clubs aren't like you saw it with Josh Sargent. They're not going to release him. Yeah. Like, why am I going to release you when you play for me 90% of the year and I pay you right. to go play in this World Cup friendly? Well, and, then, and here's the upside. Yeah. Here's the upside of what, what Bearholter is doing. I think. You have you do have a you have a solid foundation. You've had the support from the MLS, right? No MLS team is going to say no to the U.S. national team, which is the upside, right? So you have the support, and you and you you could piece together a roster if you needed to an under twenty roster from from MLS, or maybe you have players that are playing the under twenty ones overseas. Um, maybe you get a Chris Richards. You know that that's not mis- necessarily getting major minutes at Bayern, um, so you could potentially get that right. Could you maybe get City to release Zach Steffen? Well, he's older, so he's not. In the, I don't know if he would be able to play in the in the Olympic qualifiers, but but still, I think there's enough. There's enough, and I think that's the upside of this. Now, my only concern is, so you got what a month and a half or two months off be- before the MLS comes back to training and all these other things. Is there time to do an MLS camp for like a week or two? I think, where, just, I think that's the plan. Is, that's the plan. Um, doing, I think the plan is to do a camp. I think the plan is just contingent on what MLS is going to do to restart because right. of the uh, Canadian teams. Right. But if they can if they can pull together a camp where now you have two weeks to develop, again, this continuing that's thing true. of this style of play with this group of players, then I think you're in different – you're in a, it. it, it translates differently later on all right so champions league and europa league um as we close out this segment of the podcast uh man i feel like the champions league is 
is going to be cool to watch this year or the next round of it is going to be one of the cool. coolest managers in the world. Instead of Dean Zidane. Is yeah. Yeah, man. They already had a replacement it. lined up picking players. And he's like, you know what? Hold up. I got you. Uh, let me pull off this win and let me get in uh, into okay. into the next round. And not only, not only am I going to get into the first round, the next round, I'm only going to go in. I'm also going to go in through for in first place. Like, so, yeah, not not necessarily. Now that group became tougher. That probably needed to be <laughs> Inter Milan completely out of everything. No Champions League, no Europa League, nothing from Europa League finalist to nothing. It becomes very difficult. Um, well, I mean, but you got your own player playing as a 12th man for the other team. It's quite <laughs> difficult, right? I mean, the part, the hard part is Alexis Sanchez sat on the, on the bench until, what, the 80th minute? And then he came on and was still the best player in the field. In the 90 uh, minutes uh, of the game, Alexis Sanchez was the best player in 10 minutes. Maybe, he's, maybe he's filling that El Senior role. No, I just, I, I just don't know. I just don't know that he. I mean, that's a tough team to break into because, like, who do you take out? But at the same time, hey, he's your best player. He's on the field. Yeah, he's the most dynamic. One. He's dynamic. He's the most dynamic. But he's player. not. I don't know if he's still fit to play ninety. He's not fit 90. to play ninety. That's right, the problem. So the problem is, is you can't bring him in at the 80th minute when you have to win. You don't want to right. allocate a sub. No, for him. We say, all right, now we have two subs or four subs, whatever they're. So other, you're other bring, somewhat. You bring him in. You bring him in the seventy fifth minute anyway. So right. If I have five right. subs, it's easier, right? If yeah. it's five subs, I say, okay, I can allocate one sub and still have four other bodies. Yeah. If it's three Dwayne, subs. Dwayne just went Karate Kid on us. Yeah. <laughs> if it's three subs, it makes it difficult because. Wax off. Wax off. Wax off. <laughs> now the upside. Right, I'm gonna, I got to mute out for my uh, Zoom. I'll be back. Okay. So the the cool, the interesting. So here's the interesting one. So um, Ajax going to the Europa League. You're so a solid club. You sold all your players, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Manchester United Europa League. Leipzig pulling off the wind. Uh, Leipzig goes on. United off to the Europa League. They still uh, will perform there. Olympiacos off to the Europa League as well. You could put uh, Manchester United in the MLS's back playoffs, they still won't win. <laughs> and Salzburg off to the Europa League. Which and, Brendan Aronson's going there in January. Let's hope it that been, it would have been, been a crazy like it would have been crazy respect for the U.S. if he walks into the team and they're at the Champions League, right? Yeah. Crazy. I, I think you're starting to see that, too, with, like, some of the managers and some of the commentators where there's, like, maybe wasn't so much respect for U.S. soccer before. But now they see, all right, we take an American. All right, well, this kid can play at a super high level. Mm-hmm. You got any friends? Like, do you have anybody else that can play at a super high level? Friends? Can you well, bring? You at, like, can you bring your friends over? Juventus was looking at the kid from FC Dallas, right? Yeah. Where did Weston McKinney start out? Yeah. <laughs> you got so, a friend? <laughs> well, I think I think uh, you know, and and Salzburg somewhat struggled in this Champions League. They only they beat Lokomotiv once, they drew the other one, and they obviously lost to Atletico and Bayern both times. But hopefully they can make a run in the in the um, in the Europa League now. Or Europa League that is going to be tough. You know, uh, you got probably the favorites is, is Spurs, just based They're on right performance and yeah, just being really good. The, ups, the the question becomes then, do they have the longevity? Right, you have a lot of games coming up. Are you healthy enough? Do you have the roster? Do you have the depth to be able to go that far? Um, but I do think the upside to all this is that it does provide more opportunities for the American players to play in those European competitions, which is always important, always really good. The highest level of soccer you're gonna get in the world, right? Yep, absolutely. There's nothing other than playing in the World Cup, right? There's no higher yeah level than playing in Europe. Yeah. 
And I mean, it's bad to say that, you know, we keep sending them, every time a kid is good, we send them to Europe, but they're not going to, like, MLS just isn't there. Like, MLS isn't at that level yet to right. keep our own players. Right. Yeah, yeah. When they're, like, 30, they can come play at MLS. They five. <laughs> you get out the national team, you can come play at MLS. There you go. All right. So we're going to move on to the player of the match award. So my player of the match award is a little bit long. Uh, mostly because I have three players uh, that I want to highlight and give a remembrance to. So we're going to start off with the youngest uh, player. So, and this is a player that we skipped last week, and I should have and I should have mentioned it just because it does bring back some memories. Um, so last week uh, on the 29th of November, uh, Papa Buddha Diop passed away at the age of 42 of ALS. Now, uh, Buddha Diop, if no one knows the name, uh, played for the Senegal national team along with uh, West Ham, uh, AEK, Portsmouth, Fulham, and a bunch of different teams across across Europe as well. But he's from Senegal, and um, he scored probably one of the most interesting goals or probably more historic goals in the world cup. So in the 2002 world cup, and I remember this game vividly because I watched the game before I went to school. It was the opening of the world cup. It's Senegal against France playing in the 2002 world cup. Um, now France is coming off of the 98 win and it <laughs> can't win the game. Can't get out of the group. So, and, uh, Buba Diop scored that goal. So he passed away this uh or the on the 29th. Then the next one, um, again, if we're moving based on based on age, um at 64 years old, uh two days ago, Paolo Rossi passed away. And Paolo Rossi uh was an Italian uh player that is famously known for the for being one of the stars of the 1982 World Cup that Italy wins. Uh, so the 82 World Cup, the interesting part about this is that he, in that year, uh, in 1982, uh, Paolo Rossi got the golden boot for scoring the most goals in the World Cup. He didn't score in the group stage. So he scored six goals, zero goals in the group stage. Um, huh? He's a lot time before a lot time. No, oh, no, he's the opposite of Slotin. Tiny guy, small guy. Um, and then also wins the golden. I think it's called uh, the golden ball for being the best player in the World Cup, right? In the World Cup, and in that year, he also wins the Ons Dior and the Ballon Dior. So he was the best player of 1982, and he hadn't played for two years before that because he was banned due to allegations of match fixing and things like that. So he hadn't played for two years, gets into the World Cup squad, plays, and kills it, and becomes the best player of 1982. So, like, and then, hey, I would quit after that. Yeah. Like, be better than me in one year. He is the only player to have won all those awards in one year. Forget a career. Now, granted, you can only win that award. That you can only win that group of awards in f- every four years. Or the World Cup year, right? Yeah, but at the same time, it's only in all the World Cups, only one player has ever done it. Well, we'll see. Right next next year, you have the opportunity to go out there and win all those awards. Yeah, I don't know if that's on anybody's radar. Probably not. All right, so my last uh, my last player of the match is Alejandro Sabela. He passed away uh, on the 8th, and he's famously known for being the uh, Argentina national team coach in the 2014 World Cup. Uh, so he coached Argentina, uh, and that was the probably Messi at his absolute best in the national team. Um, but Sabela played... At River Plate, played at played in England, played at Sheffield, played at Leeds, 
played in Estudiantes when Estudiantes won a bunch of different things as well. And then uh, he was a longtime assistant coach um, for Passarela in, the, in, in Argentina and a bunch of different clubs and a couple of different national teams as well until he became a coach on his own. Um, and yeah, so he passed away as well at the age of 66. So a sad day or a sad couple of weeks as far as soccer is concerned, you know, Maradona and then a couple of different players, uh, managers that passed away. But that's that's but my you point. Of the match. Match. You would think it was like cloudy outside. Yeah. You know, it's a nice day outside, Sebastian. I know, I know, I know. I know, but but I have to. I feel like this past week has been it's been rough from a soccer perspective, in that standpoint. So I feel like we should shed some light on some people that, if you've never seen um, the 1982 World Cup highlights or watched the Italy against Brazil game from the 82 World Cup, go watch that game. Uh, a really good game. If you think Barcelona invented invented playing out of the back tiki taka, go watch the first goal from Italy. In the nineteen in that Brazil game, that was uh, prime tiki taka. Oh yeah, uh, so pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. All right, so who's your player of the match, Dwayne? I'm gonna go with three as well. Um, first one, I mean everybody should know where I'm going with this. one. going with the Weston, right? With that goal, like yep. the best American goal ever? Question mark? Question mark? Most iconic goal ever? Like. It's a good goal. It was a good. It was a Cristiano Ronaldo like goal. So Weston McKinney gets my first one. Just the goal, the pass. Right, we were talking about the pass on Tuesday. Good yep. pass from Quadrado. Yep, and just a world class finish from Weston McKinney. And if that's how the Americans are going to go in the Champions League and make their mark, then um, in twenty twenty two, I think the rest of the world might want to watch out for the Americans in the World Cup. They can yep. keep that level and go forward. Um, my second player of the match, I'm going to go with Mark McKenzie. You know, getting that cap on or getting that start. I think that was his first start. First right? start. First, first start. start. With the first team, yeah. First goal. You know, the, goal, the score was really 7 nothing um, on Wednesday because Mark did score. Yep. It was on side. So we're going to give him credit for that goal. So Mark McKenzie gets the second one, and he got the shutout, played pretty good, I thought. Yep. yep. I think he's good. center back is going to be a position that's open for the U.S. team, but it's going to be a position that's a high competition to get that spot. Yep. It's a lot of players fighting at those spots. And then my third one goes to Ricky Pooch. Um, I think you find his name a lot on this podcast, but – when you watch him play, there's a lot of good that comes from him. And I think Barcelona just started, right? You, lo- you lost to Cadiz. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how you say it. Cadiz. Cadiz, yeah. Cadiz. The last just, time they played Just Cadiz, came up, just came up from... Uh, yeah, the last time they played it was 15 years ago, yeah. right? So, like, you lose to a team that's been in the second division. Their best player... Couldn't play for Man City, the Grado. He was mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> he was a terrible player. So what do you have to lose by playing Ricky Pooch in that 10 role and just let him attack? Because when he plays, his mind is to go forward. He plays a Barcelona style, but he connects the team and just gets them to go forward. And Barcelona, they post him on all their social media, Ricky, 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 Ricky. Let's get Ricky some minutes. Let's let's let Ricky perform. Well, Ricky might be wearing uh might be wearing that blue and yellow leads out leads kit uh soon if if Bielsa has his way. We'll see, right? Hey, listen, man. If Ricky Pooch like I watched the Leeds uh campaign last year when they were in the championship. Um haven't necessarily watched a whole lot. I know they play today. Um, but Ricky Pooch goes on to uh goes to Leeds. I'm buying a Leeds kit. I'm buying the Ricky Pooch Leeds kit. I buy a Ricky Pooch Barcelona kit, but he's had two numbers in two years, so I'm not trying yeah. to have like, I'm not trying to have like, like how Danny Alves had a different number every year. Let's to have 25 Ricky Pooch kits. No, but if he goes, he, Leeds, he was. If he goes to Leeds, I'm getting the Ricky Pooch Leeds kit because I like blue and yellow. So for me, I mean, obviously, I like Barcelona as well, but still, yeah, that's a good shout. I think Ricky Pooch is. Uh, it's probably our, the podcast favorite. He's. A, Class player, man. 
Yeah. He's a little guy too. You look at him. He's oh yeah. Not big. Yeah. Well, in a couple of weeks when we do our, uh, our 2019, like our last 2019 show and we do our, uh, we'll probably do like a words. We'll, we'll, we'll do like a words of the year. We'll maybe we'll do our, maybe we'll do our, uh, 2019 or 2020, 2020. I didn't forget that. We'll do like an award show. We'll do it. We're doing an award show. Yeah. That'll be the 2020 award show. Uh, so that'll be, so make sure you look on the, yeah, we'll, we'll get the marketing analytics department working on the award show. All right. Uh, back. Derrickson, you're right on time for the player of the match. All right, Dwayne, I'm going to blow you. I'm going to blow your socks off on this one, bro. Oh boy. <clears throat> I'm nominating every player on the Seattle Sounders and their organization for what they did the other night and coming back down zero two, three quality unanswered goals. Hey. And for the fact that since joining the MLS, they've won every single game played at their home stadium, a 15 and 0 mark. That's impressive. I mean, think about it. What does Minnesota have on their chest, Derrickson? It don't matter. <laughs> it was Minnesota this year. They got a target on their chest. It was someone last year. It was someone the year before. Well, Minnesota's always going to have that target on their chest. Even the Seattle Kraken. As long as that contract is valid. Even the Seattle Kraken gave their home squad props in saying that they've made the playoffs every year that the Kraken have been awarded a franchise, which is one year. Uh, uh, I think we need to explain the joke. So uh, so Minnesota sponsored by Target. Target. That That is the official D Soccer podcast joke. Uh, we, only, okay. we only have one joke in the podcast, and that's it. And that, that joke goes credits to Soccer, Soccer Day. Oh yeah. Uh, All right, explain did, that. Is, explain that so I can I can get that in my brain. They have, See, a, target, they have a target they, on their chest. You got this a, tar- a target. Like, you know, when you go in, and you play a team. You say, "Hey, you got a target on target. their chest. The best team out there. Like we're going after them." Gotcha. Well, Minnesota literally has target on their kit. Yep. They're so, inviting it. They're inviting it. So come beat yeah. us. There you go. And well, Seattle it's did. Beat, it's hard to beat Minnesota in Minnesota. All right. So we're moving on to on this day in history. Uh, this is a tough one for me because I'm hoping that I'm hoping this is the one time my uh, my my buddy Fields does not listen to the podcast. Uh, because today's episode is gladly brought to you by Arsenal losing a game. So in what 2012, do they, do they ever win? Oh boy. In 2012, in 2012, uh, the EFL or known as the Capital One Cup was playing, was being played. So 2012. That's the Carabao Cup now, right? No, it's a Capital One Cup, I think. Is it, is it the Carabao? Does it still exist? Yeah, yeah, it still exists. Yeah, Capital One League Cup or whatever it is. It's the other one that's not the FA Cup. Yeah. That's, that's how I know it. All right, so Arsenal is playing Bradford, Bradford City from League Two, which is the third division, one, two, three, third division of. Um, Meaning they're pulling guys out the pub. <laughs> yeah. So um, Bradford beats Arsenal, who Arsenal, in that point, Arsene Wenger. Decides to kind of do his do away with his rule of playing only really subs for these league games and actually puts in starters for this game. Um, and I'm gonna give you I'm just gonna give you a few of uh, a, a few like cops here or a few n- names on the Arsenal uh, starting eleven: Chesney, Ingol, Murdasaker, Vermalen. Well, no wonder you, uh, you named those three names. That's why they lost. <laughs> Santi Cazola on the squad. Aaron Ramsey. Lucas Podolski starts up top. 45 years old. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't forget, this was this was eight years ago. So it's, it's it's been a while. I feel like Lucas Podolski has always been on like the brink of retirement my whole life. Like he's always um, been. <laughs> Oxalate Chamberlain coming in off the bench. Do you? Uh, all right, here's a trivia question. While we're talking about this on this day in history, 
uh, on December 11th, 2012. Do you know who was on the bench for that Arsenal in that Arsenal match? I'm talking starters, right? No, I'm talking on the bench. On the bench, like, ooh, like, I mean, like those, they, they were guys that would typically be, yeah, and the like the first names, right? Yes, yep. In 2012, so I think you're about to say Theo Walcott. That gives me one, right? No, no, I was just, I know, I'm looking for one. I'm looking for one specific one guy, Mizzou. Yeah. Nope. Thierry Henry. Nope. Ooh. 2012. 2012. Alexis Sanchez. Nope. Uh, I got one more guess to me. Player on the bench. Player on the bench. Does not play for Arsenal now. Or does? Technically does not play. At all. Technically does not play now. I have no idea. Mikel Arteta. Ah, manager. The current manager for Arsenal was on that on that squad, was on the bench, did not come on the field, but was on that squad in 2012. So, uh, cool thing about that Bradford City team. So, um, they went, so that was on the fifth round, so the quarterfinals. They played Aston Villa in the semifinals. And then when you get to the semifinals, the two-leg semifinal, they win. They go to the final against Swansea. So League Two team making it to the final of the EFL Capital One or not the FA Cup final. And then they got smacked 5-0 to Swansea, but still making it to the final. Now, that Bradford City team played a total of uh five six seven eight games in that in that you know they, so they, played, from the bottom. they started from the first round in the first five rounds so when they got to that arsenal match they went to extra time in four out of the five match the five rounds round one went to extra oh. time round two they did and they beat watford round three they went to extra time round four they went to extra time round five they went to extra time in two of those rounds, they went into PKs as well. So they beat Arsenal in PKs, and then the round before they won, they they won in PKs as well. So that's, cra- that's all a insane amount of extra time, <laughs> extra time, and grit. Played on bad fields. I mean, you're talking, you're talking an entire extra game. You played an entire and, extra game in OT. Exactly. Combined. You played an extra ninety minutes. So you played 90 more minutes than everybody else, basically, or mostly. Almost. Four games? Four games? Five games? Spent, yeah. You probably spent 90 more minutes in the pub than all the <laughs> You know, the Swansea City game was probably the game they said, all right, we're in the final. We're all going to stay in the hotel. We're not going to go out. We're going to rest. And that's probably gonna, what they lost. We're going to quarantine. We're going to quarantine. Like they, so, probably went, they probably said, we're going to go play Arsenal. They're going to play their starters. We're, no shot. Let's go to the pub. Let's enjoy it. And they go out and beat them. It should have kept the tradition. So one last one last little tidbit from, from this on this day in history. So in that December 11th game in 2012, they had a record-breaking sellout crowd for their stadium, for their stadium, Bradford City, because they played at Bradford City, that had been broken since the 1960s. They had 23,971 people in their stadium. The whole town of Bradford. So now, so now, and here's the cool thing. So that was the fifth round, right? So the their previous home game in this in this in this cup was in the third round against Burton Albion. Do you care to wager a guess as to how many people showed up to that game? Eight thousand. Derrickson. Forty five hundred. Four thousand one hundred and seventy eight. Take that, Dwayne. So Take you go talk about you talk about bandwagon. Like <laughs> they were probably out of apparel for months. Like, <laughs> they sold out know, jerseys. I don't know what the version of Dick Sporting Goods is in in England, but whatever that is, they and then sold well, out and then they went months. to Wembley for the final, and they played in front of eighty two thousand people. 
What? That's four times as many as that could fit in their stadium. <laughs> Talk about going to a different environment, right? All of a sudden, considering considering in September you played against in front of four thousand people, by February you're playing in front of eighty two thousand people. Talk about nerves. No wonder the game was five nothing. Because they didn't go to the pub. That's also <laughs> that could also be it. All right. I'm trying to let's wait till the story gets released. <laughs> the the documentary. Oh, I want to be part of that documentary. For sure. All right. So fair play of the week. Fair play. Of the, you go ahead, Dwayne. Let's take the uh El Salvador national team. Uh are coming to play the Americans on such short notice, not even having the opportunity to train in their own country. Just hop on a plane, show up to Florida, play on a Wednesday. You know, those guys, they said they haven't been in camp for since January. So just shout out to El Salvador. They didn't have to take the match. Um, not sure what the landscape has been from their national team and all that, but they didn't have to take the match. They showed up. They got here. They prepared. They played. You know, shout out to El Salvador and their national team. You want to get our coffee? I'm going with I'm going with all the referees that have participated in this year's high school soccer season and more specifically the the tournament games uh watching the games seeing them all masked up seeing them follow this coronavirus protocol um they made the they made the sacrifices to make it a very successful season and if you guys don't know coach derrickson is quote unquote the hot dog man at the state tournament games See now, see there you go, Dwayne. <laughs> okay. One of my players comes up to practice. He goes, "Hey, you're the hot dog man." <laughs> I'm over, like hot dog, like what? The hot dog man, like Derek said, you're selling hot dogs on the side. They're like, what's going on here? He's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the hot. You're giving out all the hot dogs and stuff like that. So I guess he's running concessions for the tournament. No, so 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 last night at practice. Actually, I just his sister just left my screen from another class, but Dwayne's counseling a player, letting him know about you know his strengths and weaknesses and what he can look forward to in the next few years. And uh, the kid looks at me and he goes, "I know you," <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like you do," and, like, and he goes, "You're the you're the guy that gives out hot dogs on Halloween." <laughs> <laughs> that I'm is like, true. Derrickson does that, and I'm like, "Wait a minute." I was like, oh, that's who you are. Because, like, there's a family in our development, which I know. He's like your next door neighbor. (laughs) He's like three doors up from me, right? But his sister's in my class. So it clicked. Like, when he was talking to me about it, I was trying to put the face into, how do you know me? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's you guys are up the street from me. And they're having work done on their house. So it's like, you know, it's like, wow, okay. I didn't know. I didn't even know he played soccer. There you go. So yeah, hey, so, better yeah, be Dwayne. better better than being the guy that like chases me with a stick or something like that, you know? Right, right. Definitely, definitely. And, be uh, yeah. Um, or better. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So mine is uh, my player. My fair play of the week is to PSG uh, in Istanbul, Basak Shehir, Basak Shehir. Uh, for it's just their, simple, I think. it's just Istanbul. <laughs> we'll just make it Istanbul. So they're playing in the Champions League on Tuesday, and uh, something happened uh, where the referee said uh, racial slur that one of the Istanbul since the coaches uh, heard and overheard, and uh, ultimately led to the players just leaving the field. Uh, they said they didn't want to play under that under those conditions, uh, and I respect the decision to. To say, you know what, we're going to take a stand right here, right now, and and use our platform for and stand up for for something that's not correct. So, um, so yeah, so uh, congratulations to them. That's my fair play of the week. Um, so one thing that you can do to support us or to help us out is to make sure you subscribe to our podcast. So if you're an Apple Music or podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you're listening to this, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. Or hit us up on social media on facebook.com slash Delaware Union, 
on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer or on Twitter at DE Union Soccer. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Uh, we got some different guests coming up in the next couple of weeks that I think that are pretty exciting. Uh, so Derrickson, thanks again so much for for coming on the podcast this week. Uh, we still owe you an interview that we gotta we gotta do. Maybe we'll do it before 2020 is over. We will do your interview because uh, you deserve an entire episode just to yourself. Whoa, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne will have fun with that. Um, so thanks again for coming on the podcast. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna give Dwayne his props. So like I talked to you earlier, I'm yep. gonna tell him what I told you. Do it unless you want to tell him, but. No, you can do hey, it. I've Dwayne. told him before. Oh, uh, Dwayne. I think he can hear you. He might just yes, be sir. There he is. I just want you to know, and I told I told uh, Sebastian this this morning, earlier before you got off your PLC, that uh, it's been really cool watching you grow and and mature into this coaching environment that that you've grasped. It's uh, I haven't seen anything quite like it in a long time. Um, you know, I had Josh Rickner and Justin Knoll who who played for me and are now coaching, and obviously Adam over at Apo that played for me and are now coaches. So um it's really cool to see young kids like yourself and those guys get into this realm. The kids seems like the kids are very responsive to you and and you're doing your homework. So I appreciate what you're doing from an old head's perspective. Appreciate it, Derrickson. Much respect to you, because you know, when I was in high school. You know, you were one of the top coaches, right? Like Washington College days, right? He's one of the top coaches with them. Oh, damn. There you go. Okay. Yeah. That brings back memories. Oh, yeah. Some crazy times. <laughs> Washington College. That's, we'll say that for another episode of the podcast. You have to bring <laughs> back – you have to invite somebody. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Um, all right, so thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. <laughs>